0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to Between Frets, a space where female musicians meet and discuss all things music. I'm your host, Jenny Jam. So today was such a beautiful day here. We are in the midst of summer on the East Coast, and it's so nice and warm and humid, and I like it. Um, But as the restaurants are opening up, outdoor dining is being provided, social distancing on that and they're actually hiring musicians again. I've had a few shows on my calendar for the month of June that were pretty much canceled, but it turns out that this Thursday, the gig that I had scheduled is actually going on, and I'm really surprised. So, I'm gonna have to like, start practicing again. (laughs) Anyways, this is in Virginia, and it seems like Virginia is opening up a little bit faster than Um, the DC and Maryland area, but it'll soon follow. So as the world is opening up, musicians will will soon be working again. It's a good thing, right? So the next episode that's coming up is so great. And I have to thank Gretchen Men again because we were gonna end our season in May, in the beginning of May, but because of her, she connected us with more beautiful, gifted, awesome female musicians. And so we extended our season to July. Now we call this our quarantine episodes because these episodes were recorded in mid-April, beginning of May. We were pretty much in the height of the quarantine. This episode, we have the talented, the awesome Courtney Cox of the Iron Maidens. I am so excited about this because I am a true admirer of everything about her. So it was so great to interview her. She's so cool and I I can't wait for you guys to hear it. Again, thank you to Gretchen for the connection. And um, yeah, you know, Fret Sisters, where our platform is to empower the female musicians of all races. And we're here to talk about them to have you support them. That's what our community is all about. That's what Fret Sisters page is all about, highlighting the female string players. And between frets is bringing them bringing them here and having you all hear their story and their and hear their journey. We hope that you love this episode. Fret Sisters will always and keep putting out content there for you to just make your day a lot better, right? So coming up next is Courtney Cox. Peace and love. Hello, we are back. This is Jenny Jam, and we are thrilled with our guest today on Between Frets. She's a highly skilled, no-holes bar guitarist that has dominated the music sphere. Born in Philadelphia, she is a member of the all female tribute band, the Iron Maidens, and goes by the stage name Adriana Smith, the female version of Adrian Smith. Known for her power riffs and explosive solos, she's rocking the world globally and keeping guitar alive. Yay! Everyone, yay! Yes, please stand up for Courtney Cox. <laughs> Woo! The crowd goes wild! Yay! I know. I'll, <laughs> I'll insert um, stadium, stadium uh, cheers. <laughs> how are you doing? I'm well. You know, yeah.
1: being home is really strange. And in California right now, it's like in the high 80s. So dealing with that Well.
0: Oh, yeah. Yes. Well, we're currently asking our guests how the quarantine is going. You know, making sure everybody's safe.
1: Yeah. Oh, the C word.
0: <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> That is so funny. (laughs) I want to first thank Gretchen Men for the connection. She's so amazing and I'm so happy that we got connected with you because we did a podcast, an earlier podcast last year for the um, female tribute bands, all female tribute bands and the Iron Maidens was one of the bands that we featured and we talked about the musicians and you. (laughs) So I was like, yay.
1: Yeah, it's me and Gretchen, the, you know, the redhead power.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah, the redhead power. Yep, yep. (laughs) Um, Okay, so let's get started. We usually want to find out, like, how it all started. What was the dream, you know, becoming reality and wanting to pick up that guitar?
1: Um, It was, I mean, it was very strange, you know, because growing up, you know, youngest memory or earliest memory, I should say, was, you know, playing on my grandmother's piano, didn't really think of anything. And then I went through the typical grade school, like, oh, do you want to be in the the school band? So I did playing clarinet and I was first chair clarinet, you know, the nerd thing. Mm -hmm. And then um, I I really got into sports since, you know, being in the grade school band wasn't cool anymore. You know, you want to fit in with the jocks and all. and then. You know, just one day, it was right before Christmas, I went to my father, and this was like when I was kind of really like uh, leeching on to like metal and stuff. I was just like, you know what, I want a guitar, and he thought I was very, very strange. And my mom's like, guitar, really? I'm like, I don't know, I just want to try to do something different, and then within a week i was like playing along to my favorite metallica tunes and I was like oh i think i have something here <laughs> but no. there, it never it didn't start out as like oh i want to be a rock star thing i just you know i just loved playing you know, i would sit in my garage because i didn't really have friends back then <laughs> and just play for hours <laughs> on it
0: wow so and was anybody in your family musical or um yeah.
1: well obviously grandmother had piano my grandfather sang in the church choir mm. my dad was a huge Buddy Rich fan. So he played a little drums, older brother drums, middle brother, or eldest brother stage drums, middle brother played trumpet. But I think my mom dabbled with guitar for a month because she was really into the Beatles. But other than that, I was kind of the one that pursued it, I would say.
0: Oh, that's awesome. So, so you were teaching, actually teaching yourself these yeah. these songs ah oh, that's amazing yeah you
1: know I would ruin I mean I'm gonna go back now I mean I'm not too old but you know I would ruin my cassettes oh wow <laughs> rewinding and rewinding and rewinding you know because that's how I pretty much learned how to play was that you know just put your favorite tune on and play until the notes match up kind of
0: so your musical influences back then pretty much were the ones that you want you know learn the music from and who yeah. were your musical influences?
1: Uh, I mean, the biggest one, and the one I like copied just to the T was Kirk Hammett, Metallica. (laughs) Wow. I had had to play the same strings. I needed the same picks. I watched his moves and (laughs) completely obsessed. And then, you know, I got music influences from my brother because everything was metal. So it was the Metallica's, the Judas Priest, Pantera, all that stuff.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, those are great influences. I read that you started touring at the age of 15 yeah so that was really I mean was that really your first experience actually gigging
1: uh no um I started 13 and around I think like mid-14ish my mom enrolled me in that uh Paul Green School Rock thing now Mm -hmm. it's just called School Rock and changed owners and stuff but uh yeah I went in and I immediately was put into their all-star program. I didn't go to a single lesson, so I got in trouble a lot. But <laughs> <laughs> the first time with, through that school, I was put into a Judas Priest first Iron Maiden show. So that was my first time on stage. And, you know, it was just natural to me. And then, you know, a couple months later, I was on the road with like Adrian Ballou. And after that, it was like uh, John Anderson of Yes. I mean, it wasn't my cup of tea, and I kind of hated most of it, but I learned a lot.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, like, pretty much prepared you for, like, what was to come, basically. Oh, yeah. like,
1: it's just even it's just the playing, getting comfortable on stage, discovering yourself as, you know, a performer. Like, everyone's a musician, but if you really want to be in this career, like, you have to be able to perform. You know, people want to be entertained, so I learned a lot about that. And then the other side of it that a lot of people don't really get to sink their teeth into unless they're on the road. It's like the business side of things and how promoters work and, you know, make sure you're being paid at the end of the night, that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's definitely important. When you were playing in the beginning and doing these tours, you were endorsed then too, right? Or oh, you... yeah. Oh, that's so awesome.
1: Actually, the funniest, uh, my first endorsement was uh Peavy Amps. And, you know, this was, I was 14. I was at a, a music trade show in New York called Music Player Live, and uh, the main rep from Peavy at the time was David Elveson. So here's 14-year-old Courtney coming in to talk about, you know, amps and stuff. And I literally have a Metallica shirt on, a Metallica necklace, Metallica this, Metallica that. I'm like, oh, well, this is awkward. <laughs> Megadeth and all, just like, we just laugh about it now every time we see each other. But yeah, that was the first Then, you know, I was just lucky enough, you know, to have people approach me. That's you know, I never, I, And I never really let it go to my head, so even to this day, you know, I don't really chase anyone, but if someone wants to talk to me about, you know, a pedal or this and that, you know, you just give them the time of day and, you know, if it's not for you, it's not for you.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's, that's really cool. Do you ever have like photos or pictures or even videos back then of of like you playing and just like kind of seeing like the growth of that?
1: Oh yeah, I think I think one of the last, you know, ones, cause I usually don't look it up cause it's like, it's so embarrassing when you watch yourself.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> but I, I remember there was a video on YouTube somewhere from a John Anderson tour. And uh, I think it was in Vermont and there was a huge snowstorm and John was late for the first song. So they just screamed at me, Courtney, go do an 80s solo. I'm like, it's a prog rock show. <laughs> I think there's video floating around like the first like kind of solo thing I ever did like typical 80s like look at me kind of thing but I think I watched it once and hope it was taken
0: down (laughs) oh gosh (laughs) the way that you started when you first started playing guitar and developing your style to like going into playing the tribute bands and learning their style how did how did like learning you're learning somebody else's solos you know either it was note for note or putting in your own flair how how is that process for you when you have to
1: I mean I don't even really think about it because I mean even with Maiden I was a huge Maiden fan from the get-go before I even moved out to California and found the Maidens and just that's how I learned how to play you know play your favorite songs but I never picked one of my influences and said you know I'm gonna copy everything they do i kind of nitpicked what i liked from each of my influences so even now you know playing adrian's parts when i first learned the tune you know that's added to the set list i'll learn it note for note but you know i'm not him i'm still courtney at the end of the day so i come out in the solo regardless if i'm playing the notes exact or not it's on mm. the fingers
0: yeah yeah did you say it was on the fingers <laughs>
1: We're all in the fingers.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Look, the, the reason why I ask that is because I totally, I totally get that. And I, I say that, you, I guess you hear it, you're like, tone is in the fingers, it's all in the fingers. And oh, yeah. there's always a joke about that. But I totally, totally, like, think it's like the world,
1: <laughs> you mm-hmm. know? <laughs> well, you, I mean, you can line up 10 different, you know, guitar players from all levels, you know, beginner to, you know, expert or God tell them to play one note and they're all going to sound different.
0: Yeah, you're right, you're right. It's the way, it's like the approach and the technique, you know, it could be played different. Somebody could play it one way on the fretboard and you can be playing it another way and it still kind of sounds the same, but the technique and the flavor might be a little different, but still nice, right?
1: For me, it's, you know, it's not about having, you know, a face on a magazine or this and that. For me, the only thing i ever really wanted to achieve i mean this can go either way It could be a bad thing or a good thing but i just wanted my playing to be sort of like you know some of the players we all know like you don't really have to see them playing to know it's them playing you can tell by the tone and how they play kind of thing like you know it's you know eric clapton playing and you know when you're just listening on the radio or something like that Mm -hmm. that's always been like my main goal
0: oh yeah that's cool so, how did it come about with the Iron Maidens? Like, how did you hook up with them?
1: Uh, so, basically, you know, when the tours were kind of finishing, when I was living in Philly and I was kind of burned out on the kind of music that we were playing. Actually, some of the girls I was in that, you know, project with, we started a King Diamond tribute called Queen Diamond. yeah that's cute (laughs) because we needed our metal fix and then you know the music scene in philly at the time was it was just weird like it it was kind of the the hipster movement kind of moved in and the thrash you know because i was really in the thrash at that time before i moved and that that scene was just growing smaller and smaller and no places to play so i I gave my mom like a week's notice and i left home at 19 moved out to california and It was the MySpace days. And I'm like, okay, I need to do something. You know, I'm out here, it's a new life. And, you know, I found out that the Maidens were auditioning for their Adrian. And I heard of the Maidens like way back in the day when I was, you know, first starting basically, because they were like 2001, I think they started. I was like, oh man, that's cool. I'm glad to see like women doing this kind of stuff, especially that genre of music. And then it was just, you know, full circle, like, wow, I'm auditioning for that band. I was like watching. (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah then, you know, I, I did two auditions and you know a couple months later we were in japan
0: yeah the touring is amazing like with that band
1: oh, that... no, it's insane that's why i'm going nuts right now with the whole lockdown <laughs>
0: oh yeah yeah because a lot <laughs> like of having those-
1: the Having to finally uh, unpack your suitcase was really strange.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, because the tour is probably be postponed for most of the year. I mean, uh, I don't want to say that. (laughs) I really don't. I know, but we all have to be (laughs)
1: honest with ourselves. I think concerts are going to be the last thing to come back.
0: Yeah, yeah. Have you ever met anybody in Iron Maiden? I always wanted to know that. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And then uh, before I joined the band, actually, uh, the Maidens opened up for Steve Harris's daughter Lauren in Mexico and then Steve and Bruce came out and watched them but uh, me being the band yeah they mostly somehow it's probably our booking agent's fault but our shows kind of follow their shows when they're on tour so uh, if they have a day off and we're in the same area you know a couple of the guys come out their crew comes out all the time you know it's just and it's funny even if like we run into each other anywhere in the world it's one thing we don't talk about Iron Maiden yeah
0: (laughs) Yeah, I can can understand that, definitely. You know, I'd love to talk about your gear. The one thing about your tone and your sound, that it's so warm and heavy and thick. So I know that you played um, or you're endorsed by comparison guitars, and you have a model, right? I I did some research because I was like, comparison guitars, whoa. And they were like the former design division, the former design team from in Japan that made Jackson?
1: Yeah, yep. Our, our head designer for comparison, yeah, he did all the 80s Jacksons that are like one of some of the bigger models for them. Wow. Like Kelly and stuff like that. Yeah, so, because <laughs> I used to play Jackson, that was like the second endorsement I ever received as a kid was Jackson. And I played, you know, my Jacksons up well through, oh God, when did I switch to comparison? I think it was like 2015 that I switched to comparison. Hmm. Which is, you know, for anyone, when you have that much history with a company, it's never easy. But, you know, when I first played one of the comparison models, I was like, oh, I mean, this is amazing. And then hearing the story like, yeah, it's the 80s Japanese luthier Jackson. I was like, oh, well, <laughs> that makes a lot of sense, you know. Mm-hmm. So the transition just because of the quality of the instrument. The Guy's a mastermind.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean just hearing how your guitar sounds and it's the your signature green guitar is that your model or is that
1: Yes, that's my model and then I have one in pink. And it's the same model.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean that that thing is a monster. It sounds <laughs> so so beautiful, you know, I mean it's clean and clear and I also read something about the 27 frets.
1: Yes. <laughs> That is nuts. <laughs> it, it, well, I it, mean, it's kind of like the Jason Becker thing, but I completely, the first time I ever tried a comparison, I kind of forgot about that little detail, and I took it on stage, and first solo out the gate, looking down, and it's like, uh-oh. <laughs> like, where am I? <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, I can see that, because it's like you have the 22 and then 24. And then I can't imagine what you have like a few more frets to go up. That's yeah, amazing.
1: My original the Jackson I was playing, I think, only had twenty two. So like going from twenty two to twenty seven is like, huh? Wow,
0: <laughs> you must have been like, whoa, I can go really high. I, I mean, I can imagine like how high you can go. Yeah. Wow,
1: it just it helps. It helps especially when your fingers are fatigued and can't really bend on that twenty two or twenty four anymore. You just do the slide up to the high note. Yeah,
0: yeah. With the type of tone that you have, does the guitar have the thick tone as well? Does it bring out that thick tone?
1: Um, I would say the pickups in my guitar that were basically created around the guitar. It's actually more bright, which actually helps with my tone to make it cut more because. I'm more of like a mid girl, so literally any time I set up my amp, like trebles all the way off pretty much. And a lot of people are like, what? Seriously? I'm like, yeah. And like I'm, It's all mids for me.
0: Oh, yeah. Okay.
1: And then, you know, just tweaking the gain on top of that. But yeah, I, I, I kind of stay away from that hissy treble, you know, metal tone. hmm mm-hmm. For your
0: go-to rig as far as like amps or pedals or anything like that, what is what is your go-to rig?
1: Um Well, uh, Friedman. Mm, okay. Yeah, I, I joined with Friedman about three years ago, and it's life-changing.
0: <laughs> wow.
1: And even, which is what is great about Friedman is that, you know, when you're going on these fly-out tours and stuff, obviously you're not going to travel with your head or, you know, your half-stack, so they actually... They have this overdrive pedal that I use for, you know, flyaway gigs, and you plug it in to any amp you have on stage, direct clean, and it sounds like my amp. Really? Yeah, it really saves me on tour when you don't know what's going to be on stage. (laughs)
0: True, true. Well, that's awesome. I'll have to check that
1: out. (laughs) The Freeman B-E-O-D overdrive pedal.
0: I know somebody did mention to me about a freedman when I was looking for distortions, but I'll definitely I'll definitely check that out. And you play with Senfetal as well?
1: Yes. Uh, well, the the band recently uh, broke up because our singer went to Vixen, but I was in Patel for a good five years.
0: Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, because they've been around for a while.
1: Yeah, Um, before i was born
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh wow i didn't know they were there that long (laughs) oh yeah they were like
1: like 1990 i think that's when the big album was out
0: oh cool well do you have any other like any projects in the works or solo projects in the works
1: yeah um, over the last uh two years i've been uh, you know working on my own album which was hard because you know you're only home for two days to repack and then go off on another tour that's why as much as it sucks to be out of work right now it's kind of a blessing to have all this time at home to to practice and write and you know work on my relationship it's just such a different world now
0: yeah yeah that's exciting that you're putting out some of your own music what type of style do you consider
1: yourself like if, like writing for yourself oh definitely 80s metal oh nice till i die i'm just an 80s metal chick it makes <laughs> sense, to thrash and you know, just, I was always, my ear always goes to that 80s sound.
0: That's cool, that's cool. It's always good to like, yeah, be able to put out music.
1: So my, my hardest thing right now that I just realized that, you know, I'm like six songs in, and I realized they did everything in standard tuning. And I'm like thinking to myself, like, is there anyone out there that still sings that high? <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, Am I gonna have to like go back in and just drop everything down, <laughs> so hopefully. There's like that new blood coming up that, you know, it was actually into singing over standard, you know, the metal screams and stuff. <laughs> um,
0: yeah, yeah. And that, you know, and that's what I wanted to ask you too about like standard tuning versus tuning down to like E flat or anything like that. In your um, your experience, have you had to play in other than standard tuning or do you play?
1: I mean, for me, I mean, this is a personal preference, but I don't like to go lower than E flat. Mm-hmm. So I forget who said it what musician said if you can't make standard sound heavy you're not doing it right and I never forgot that and I can't remember who said it but
0: the, that's a good that's actually those are good words right there
1: And <laughs> I mean it is difficult because you know especially like growing up on all those albums it's like okay this sounds really great oh wait it's that song oh (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) it's really hard to you know just it's just so high and you know it's easy to get the eight string guitars now and everything chug 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 but it's difficult to write you know heavy hooky stuff in standard as i'm finding
0: Speaking of like the eight string guitars and seven strings, have you
1: experienced those? Uh, I mean, I dabbled on a seven string, but I always tell myself, you know what? You have to master six strings first before adding anything else.
0: Thank you. (laughs) Oh, yes. Those, yeah, that's good advice right there. And
1: I have tiny hands, so it doesn't help me
0: anyway. Oh yeah, yeah, because <laughs> the neck's got to be really thick,
1: right? Yeah, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm a stickler over, you know, I only like to have my guitar so high, and if it goes over a certain height, it, for me, it kind of looks lame. But that's just me, because <laughs> I'm always <laughs> running around on stage, so I can't really have a guitar that high. So.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, your stage presence is amazing. Plus, this is a girl thing, but the hair.
1: <laughs> no, it's all about. The hair. Everyone thinks I'm doing it on purpose, but like, if anyone wants the length of my hair, like, yeah, it's basically the game of not swallowing your own hair on stage. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> What's cool about the stage presence is that you're you're killing it. But what hair
1: product do you use? <laughs> oh, it's just, uh, for me, it's just all about this uh, uh, Swartzkopf hairspray that you can only get in Sweden, apparently. So I have, like, friends of mine anytime we're in Europe to, like, bring me some of it. <laughs> but other, really? than that, other than that, I don't really have a regiment or anything.
0: Oh, wow. I was like, man, she's going to have to sell, sell, like, hair products and do, like, a hair kind of thing because it doesn't get frizzy it looks beautiful by the way really nice shiny hair
1: (laughs) i think the only thing that saved me and i have to thank my mom for this because obviously growing up i think we all go through that rebellious phase like i'm gonna cut my hair and dye it a million colors and all that she never let me touch my hair ever oh i I thank her now so
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah we always like to know what you'd like to do off stage what other things do you do when you're not when you're not working, not touring?
1: Um, well, first things first, you have to do all your stage clothes, laundry. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So that's a big one. I don't know, I play with my cats because, you know, I'm a crazy cat lady, Uh, but uh, more important things I should say, I you know, I like to go to the gym a lot because, you know, to do what I do, being on the road, you got to be healthy. Yes. And then just typical, you know, housewife things. I like to cook. (laughs) Hey. (laughs) Long long walks on the beach, you know, that kind of cheesy stuff.
0: (laughs) It seems really good for, like, the mind. Because, like you said, being healthy, you know, mentally and physically. Mm -hmm. And especially as much work as you do, it's definitely good to be healthy.
1: And even, you know, I'll probably get attacked for saying it, but sometimes I'll get off tour and... Not pick up my guitar once. Or not listen to music. Like I really got into talk radio over the last couple of years. <laughs> oh, cool. I <laughs> you know, like, you know, fingers need a break, ears need a break. And just you know, just a mental cleaning. Just you know, relax, enjoy the time because you know the next day you're supposed to be at Lex at six in the morning. So, mm. it's just a yeah. balance.
0: Yeah, Finding yeah. That balance. And you, um, you do a lot of clinics, you know, on top of that.
1: Mm-hmm. And that's terrifying. It's like being like an exhibit at a zoo. <laughs> really? <laughs> that's a good that's a good way well, of putting it. I remember my first one, it was for Young, uh, young Guitar Magazine in Japan. So we had to fly out to Japan and I've never really had a clinic that was that, you know, big or important. But, you know, Young Guitar for any guitar player is like a big thing. And just, you know, you're just on the stool and everyone's just staring at you and watching every note and just... Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, uh. <laughs> but you get used to it. It's just like playing on stage. You got to keep doing it to get comfortable with it. And you know, it was just so weird, like trying to, you know, people asking you, like, why do you play it that way? And you don't really know how to say because, I don't know, it's just the way I play.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's very hard yeah. to teach. Yeah, yeah. I I can, I can, I definitely understand that. With those clinics, a lot of the um, the equipment is provided for you too, is it?
1: You yeah. Know,
0: <laughs> is, is that, like, stuff that you have to learn... to Not learn, but, you know, like, you got something new, like a new pedal or something that you play around with?
1: Yeah, well... Most of the time it's either there's one like demoing something, but most of the time I just fly out with my pedal board that I take on tour and they want to, you know, do a gear rundown thing, which is cool because honestly, I haven't really changed my pedal board since I started playing guitar. Oh, sweet. And people are really into that for some reason. Like, I don't know, it just sounded good. And I, you know, if it's not broken, don't fix it.
0: yeah yeah i know it's like gear gear talk and pedals everyone's always asking like what's the best tone you know and and i know it's i know sometimes it's hard for like to figure that out but you definitely do have some nice tone
1: <laughs> i remember uh the last time we were in australia like some of the Roland ball straps came out to you know take photos of my pedal board and they were all laughing because everything was like self, uh set to 12 o'clock and they're like no way i'm like. Yeah, it's been like that since I was 13, because I didn't have the patience to sit there. So I just set everything at 12 o'clock, and it was just good. Oh, cool! <laughs> they're like, how old are these pedals? I'm like, I think I got them when I was literally just starting to play. And they're like, you sure, you don't want new ones? I'm like, nah, <laughs> they have character.
0: Oh gosh, that's awesome! So they're probably like vintage or something oh, i mean, I mean
1: I, i've had to replace one or two but the rest of them just so antique
0: <laughs> that's awesome how do you feel about like the digital versus you know analog or oh,
1: you know so, i just i've never been a, a tech person so for me it's tube vamp and pedals
0: yeah yeah do you have any advice for like any artists that are up and coming
1: um I know I get this one a lot it's like okay <laughs> word this carefully <laughs> <laughs> it's all right you can be honest <laughs> I, I mean for me it's you know play because you want to not because you know it's a thing now especially with the whole YouTube thing now everyone's saying oh go on YouTube and do this and make you know this amount of money blah 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 but uh I don't know and then another big thing is uh don't compare yourself to others because i I see that happening a lot you know in the music world today i mean with everything and even magazines are guilty of it like everything's a competition now like who's the best this and you know you should be like that and you know i think it i mean mentally i think it could be damaging to you know players trying to get into the scene and that and then you know just know that you know, you're going to end up where you're supposed to be eventually. So it's it's all about the hard work, practice, and, you know, learn the business. Always have a good attitude. There's a lot that goes into it. You know, none of us literally just woke up and, you know, we're on the road. We had to put the, the work into it. Mm-hmm. And it's not easy. If it was easy, everyone would be doing it. But it's worth the, the shot. The good old college try. If you're really, if that's what you want to do, then just do it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's that's really good advice as far as, like, putting in the work. Well, any upcoming tours? Well, after, you know, after everything opens up, do you have any plans for touring?
1: Oh, yeah, I'm sure the touring is going to be ridiculous for a- everyone in the, in, the, in the business. Yeah. Uh, I mean, right now, I mean, we still even have tours that are booked in June. I'm like, but they're on the East Coast. I'm like, why haven't they been postponed yet but i mean obviously it, it comes down to uh, the venues promoters and our booking agent but obviously we're not going to put anyone at risk so mm-hmm. i don't think those are going to happen but any i mean scheduled now we were supposed to be in australia basically right now <laughs> <laughs> yeah honestly i think it was in australia right now and then uh it, it was postponed to september i think so that's the You know, that's the earliest one. We were supposed to have a, you know, that whole metal festival thing in Europe this July. That's postponed to the following July. It's just, I know we're all kind of in limbo.
0: So so we could probably expect any tours to be happening probably the end of the year.
1: Yeah, fingers crossed. Yeah, yeah.
0: (laughs) So tell our listeners where we can follow you.
1: Um, good old social media, right? (laughs) you know half the time because you know just, everyone's just logged in so you kind of forget like the names of everything um, uh, Instagram, Twitter th- at CC Shred uh, Facebook mm-hmm. you can find me at Courtney Cox official but it's Courtney Cox because I always get you know mixed up with the actress Courtney Cox. She spells her name differently. Mine's C-O-U-R-T-N-E-Y <laughs> <laughs> And then there's another fan page on Facebook which is CC Shred Official and you know for the Maidens it's the Iron Maidens Official Facebook and Instagram I believe. And awesome. Twitter. Awesome. That was, well, that was a mouthful. Uh,
0: yeah. <laughs> I'm tired now. <laughs> uh, you're tired. CC <laughs> Shred
1: is that your like kind of like nickname or something? Yeah, cuz you know, I, I I came up with that when I first started playing because everyone's like, "Oh, Courtney Cox like the actress." Ha ha ha. Like I just got so sick of it and people didn't yeah. really see the difference. <laughs> I am just like, yeah, I'm not friends. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. But-
0: I know. That's got to be crazy to have to deal it was, with that. It
1: was like the MySpace days. I'm like, oh, what's the name? Oh, CC Show, whatever. And it just kind of stuck.
0: Yeah, yeah. We'll put all the links in our show notes so that everybody can go there and find out the latest updates. Um, I'm
1: easy to find. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you see photos of my cats, you're in the right place.
0: <laughs> oh, that's so awesome. How many cats do you have? Two. You have right. two. We oh, about I, oh. That's so awesome.
1: Yeah, she's my interview buddy.
0: Right, cheese. Are you a cheese? Yes, you are. Oh my gosh. This is so awesome. We never had a cat on our podcast. Oh, she,
1: oh, she has her own Instagram too. It's Fromage the Cheese. All right, we're putting that on the our, our uh, show notes. I, I think she's more famous than I am, because even at shows at shows I'll you know, there, uh, there'll be a chant going, cheese. I'm like, you're talking about my cat right now. <laughs>
0: What um, What kind of cat do you have? I know my, my kid has a Maine Coon.
1: Oh, she's just the basic house cat. I oh, okay. She's fluffy.
0: <laughs> They're definitely so
1: not cool. a Maine Coon. <laughs> not that size.
0: <laughs> I know. Jeez, right? <laughs> well, okay. Well, thank you again for being part of our podcast Between frets. Oh, my gosh, Courtney. And we hope that you stay safe. You too. And um, we can't wait to hear your music and see you out there again, performing, you know, with the Iron Maidens and your um, and your clinics and all your stuff. So, yes, stay safe. And thank you.
1: No, my pleasure. Thank you very much.
0: Okay, bye-bye. Bye. you want to learn more about this lick, hit us up on Facebook or Instagram at Fret Sisters or email us at fretsistersmusic at gmail.com. Peace and love.